Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Allie, you are awesome. So humble. And thank you for sharing your story with us tonight. I have no idea where you are, but you are awesome. Thank you for sharing that story with us tonight. So, hey, I want to play a game to kick us off tonight. This game is called Which One Doesn't Belong? I'm sure you've played a game like this before. You see an image, a picture, then there's one that doesn't belong. I've brought a few of these images with me tonight. I'm going to put them up on the screen. And then you, when you notice the one that doesn't belong, shout it out, say it, scream it, yell it, whatever you have to do. Put it up on the screen. You tell me which one doesn't belong. Here is the first picture. Which one doesn't belong? <laughs> is it that obvious? The fake cow doesn't belong? I love it. Nothing gets <laughs> the clouds. All right, let's do the next one. Which one doesn't belong? Okay. That dog is kind of cute. I like it. Uh, the next one, which one doesn't belong? Do you see it? The pig. The pig. Look at it. Look at it. I love it. The pig. Okay, this is the last one. This is the last one. Which one doesn't belong? <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Lion. Well, hey, I am so excited to be back here on Wednesday nights with you guys. We are kicking off our spring semester with a sermon series called Lost and Found. We're going to be studying through Luke chapter 15. And the purpose of this sermon series is to open our eyes to two things. The first thing it's supposed to open our eyes to is how much God our Father loves us. You can't go through Luke chapter 15 without catching a glimpse of the Father's love for you. And the second thing that this is supposed to open our eyes to is that Jesus has called us to join in his mission to bring more people back to the Father. So if you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. The Father has called us to invite other people to the table. Luke chapter 15. The context of Luke chapter 15 is that Jesus is telling three parables, three stories. And the setting, well, it's around a table in this room, and around this table is Jesus. And there's some religious leaders, and there's sinful people. That's what the Bible describes them as. If you were to ask a first century Jew, which one doesn't belong? Almost every one of them, without a doubt, would point at the sinful people and say they don't belong at that table. And that's what the religious leaders are muttering about. This is how Luke chapter 15 starts out. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. The religious leaders are saying they don't belong. But the message of Luke chapter 15 in our Lost and Found series is that there is a place at the table for everybody. Everybody has a place at the God's table. So that's Luke chapter 15. We're going to start, we're going through three uh, parables over the next four weeks. We're going to jump in tonight with the parable of the lost sheep. I'm going to start verse 3 of chapter 15. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. 
Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is about the lost sheep. And what you should know about sheep is that sheep are dumb. That's the common consensus about sheep. That sheep are dumb animals. Now, Jesus said that this shepherd had a flock of 100 people. Did you put the, shepherd, the, the dumb sheep picture up there? Look, I put that up there. I put that up there because it reminded me of, of some of you guys. But I'm just kidding, Kale. It wasn't you that I was thinking of, buddy. I'm just kidding, man. I love you. No, so this shepherd that Jesus is talking about has a flock of 100 sheep. That's the average size of a flock back in the day. And it's not a surprise that this shepherd loses one. Why? Because sheep are dumb animals and they tend to wander off. Now, you should also know about sheep is they're not just dumb, but they're also vulnerable. They have no means of protection. So this combination of vulnerability and stupidity puts sheep at bad odds when they wander off from their shepherd who is to protect them. And so a good shepherd like Jesus When he notices that one of his sheep has wandered off, a good shepherd goes in search to find them to bring them back to the flock. And that is Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never pondered running away. Anybody by a show of hands ever thought about running away? Anybody ever like, life is not good? Raise your hand proud. Go ahead and stand up if you've thought about running away. Stand up if you've thought about running away. Now, of those of you, man, your life, whoa! I don't know where you thought you were going to go. Now, if you, everybody sit down, sit down, sit down. Stand up if you've actually run away before. If you've actually run away. Man, you guys have run away? Peyton, you ran away? What? (laughs) Just a block? Peyton ran away from home. I did not know that. So I've never ran, I've always, I, I always run two stuff, like the ice cream truck. I, when I was a kid, I would hear the song, I would leave, no shoes on, sprint up the street to the cul-de-sac, get some ice cream. So I've never ran away, never thought about running away. I don't know how I would survive, but I was curious. Like, people leave notes when they run away, so I was like, I bet there's some funny, like, I ran away notes. So I brought some to share with you. This first one... So I'm someone who is hungry. This is what it says. By the time you read this, I might, I might be leaving. If you want to see me again, I will be at the first McDonald's that you see when you go right from our house. I love you. So this person was hungry. <laughs> this next one is from Sarah. Mom, I ran away not because you're mean or anything. I only wanted to meet the Spice Girls. Sarah. <laughs> wanted to meet the Spice Girls. This next one is relatable. I am running away because you think I farted. P.S. You were mean. That is relatable. So, man, so relatable. I'm running away because you think that I, I farted. That's the best word to say in a sermon about Jesus. I farted. So, so I've never ran away. Some people run away, but this sheep, he ran Away. Now, if we can just be honest with ourselves, this parable is actually not about sheep. This parable is about people. I think it's safe to say that I am the dumb sheep who has wandered away from God. And I don't want to offend you, but you are also the dumb sheep who has wandered away from God. And let's be honest, we've wandered 
towards sin. Now, I don't know if you've read Ezekiel chapter 34 lately in your Bible reading plans or not, but somebody thought that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just tell you about Ezekiel. He was a prophet and uh, it's the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 34, such a refreshing and encouraging scripture for my soul. It's about a shepherd. Really, it's about God. And I want to read it tonight. I hope it's encouraging to you and refreshing to you. Ezekiel chapter, Megan, you laughed when I said Ezekiel. Everyone crashed their Bible like two and a half weeks ago. On January 2nd, Bible reading plans out the window. Okay, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel, it will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep, And have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. In John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, he's in another conversation, another discourse with other religious leaders. And he's describing to them his identity and his purpose. His identity is the good shepherd. And after I read John chapter 10, verses 7 through 18, it's a good chunk of scripture. I want to explain to you what Jesus is saying to those religious leaders. John chapter 10, verses 7 through 18. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not know the sheep or own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks in the flock and it scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I think that's a reference to extraterrestrial life, aliens. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So John chapter 10, it's the story of the cross and the resurrection told in the setting of a pasture. Jesus said, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. Now in the Middle East during biblical times, what would happen is that shepherds would lay down to sleep right there in the sheep gate, the sheep pen, the entrance to the pen, that's where shepherds would sleep. And they would sleep there just in case any sheep was trying to get out 
or any predator or harmful creature was trying to get in. It was the duty, the responsibility of the shepherd to keep the flock safe. Our Jesus, what I find interesting is that he says he laid down. And what he did is he laid down on the cross so that we could enter into his sheep pen. Now I get it, it's a weird metaphor. Sheep, people, what are we talking about? Are we gonna start buying here? What are we gonna do? As sheep, Jesus says, we're, thank you, Octavia. <laughs> Jesus says, we're the sheep. And we can only enter the sheep pen through his death and his resurrection. Because he is not just the good shepherd, but he is also the gate. And now what I love about Jesus is he's not just our shepherd that stands at the entrance of the sheep pen. No, 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 no. He's our shepherd who goes out in search of those who are lost. That's what Ezekiel chapter 34 was saying. And that's what our parable, the first parable of Luke chapter 15 is saying as well. I want to read it one more time to you. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is our good shepherd. And thanks be to God that when we, the dumb sheep, wandered away from the flock, our good shepherd came out in search of us to rescue us and to bring us home. So this sermon series is supposed to open our eyes to two things. Number one, how much the Father loves us. Our good shepherd left the 99 other sheep to come out and rescue us because his love is so great for us. Number two, the second thing that this sermon series is supposed to do is to remind us, those of us who are Jesus followers, that we have been called by Jesus to join him in his mission to rescue other people who have wandered away. I've said it before, let let me say it again. If you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. The Father has called us, has called you to invite other people to the table because there's a spot for everybody at the table. Historically, in student ministries and youth groups across the country, attendance declines in the spring semester. And this is true for us as well. I did some research last year of a high school attendance on Wednesday night, and I want to share it with you. So we're going to put a line graph up here. So you can see that in September, we began with just under 120 high school students on Wednesday nights. And then in April, when we end programming, we had just over 60 high school students on Wednesday nights. Now, Historically, across most student ministries and youth groups in the country, programming picks back up again in the fall. And that was true for us this past fall. We started just under 120 high school students. Let's put that second graph up. This, so just over 100, a little over 100, going up to 120. That's what we started at. Now, let us write a different story this spring. Let us not hit the status quo. I share these graphs with you because I want us to realize two things. Well, one, I want us our, our, our attendance to increase. And I want our attendance to increase on Wednesday nights in the spring semester for two reasons. And I want to share those reasons with you after I read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now I said I want our attendance to increase, but I want it to increase only if two things are coming true. The first thing, the first reason I want it to increase is because you and I realize that we have been called to invite other people to the table and that we are going out to our friends at our schools, the people in our family, and we are letting them know that there is a seat for them at the table. And the religious leaders were saying, these people don't belong. And I would bet that there are people in your schools, people on your teams, who feel like they don't belong at the table with Jesus. But the message is so far from that truth. No, they have a spot. They have a seat. They have a place at the Father's table. So number one, I want us to join Jesus in his rescue mission to bring people back to the Father's table. And number two, I want those people who we tell to come and to see the great love that the Father has for us. That he would leave 99 other sheep and come and search for them. Let me put it simply. I want those of us in this room to go and tell. And I want other people who are not here tonight to come and see. I want you and I want I. That's a bad grammatical sentence. I want I, you want, whatever, you know what I mean. I want those of us in this room, including myself, to go and tell other people that they have a spot at the table. And then I want us to pray that they would come and see the great love that the Father has for us. But I'm not the only one in that room with that desire. Allie mentioned it in her video. What motivates you? She said, people coming to know Jesus. And her prayer was when people would see her, people would see Jesus. That's a beautiful prayer. But I want to invite Taylor Harris up here because Taylor Harris is going to give you guys a challenge tonight. And as Taylor makes her way up here, I want you to think about somebody in your life who is not at the table right now. Somebody in your life, maybe they've once been at the table, but they left, they wandered away. Maybe they've never been at the table before. So before Taylor talks, before she issues a challenge to you guys, I want you to just close your eyes real quick. Close your eyes and bow your head. I want you to whisper a little prayer to yourself. God, show me someone who has wandered away. God, as they're bowing their heads right now, I ask that you would put into our minds people who are far from you. God, we are your ambassadors. You have called us to join Jesus in that rescue mission. So put into our minds right now, Lord, I know you have somebody on my mind. So put into the the minds of my friends, people who are not at the table. So, Taylor has a challenge for you guys. Taylor, what's the challenge? The first thing we're going to do is do two things. First thing is to go and tell. The second thing is we're going to pray for those to come and see. Earlier, Drake said to think of one person, and you're going to write their name on the table. By writing your name on the table, you're going to commit to pray for them every day. Now, everyone get your phones out and open up to the clock app. Once you get there, you're going to set an alarm for 7.15 a.m. and 7.15 p.m. 
when your alarm goes off every day, twice a day, you're going to pray for them. Pray, pray for the person you write on this table down here. Now, Jake is going to lead us in prayer. And after he is done praying, you're going to come down to the table and write your name, or write their name on the table. I'm excited. I'm excited that I get to join Taylor and Allie and all of you guys in this rescue mission. So like Taylor asked, once I say amen, go ahead and write the name of that person that God put on your mind on that table and set that alarm. God, we're very grateful. Very grateful, God. We realize that we don't earn, we don't deserve a spot at your table. We realize that we're the sinful people. And you've just graciously graciously given us a spot. So thank you. I'm grateful for Taylor and for Allie and all the other students who have demonstrated with their life at 16, 17 years old a willingness to join you in bringing other people back to the table. So Lord, next week as we gather together, we're going to kick off our service at 715 and Bailey's going to pray. And Lord, I ask that you just remind us between now and then to pray. When our alarm goes off at 715, pray for those people. Praying that they would come and see. And Lord, we commit to go and tell. Under the authority and lordship of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.